And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Please be seated. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Ascension Day. Many churches remain dark and quiet. Why? Because it's no big deal. Jesus is gone. Wouldn't it be nice if Jesus was here? Then he could straighten out the church. Then he could give the church the proper direction, the, the proper mission statement so the church would know why it exists and how to be the church. The Ascension Day has always been a major festival in the church, and it's only recently when it has fallen into disuse, obscurity, irrelevance. Jesus has ascended. God has gone up with a shout. Has he left us as orphans? Are we now on our own? Perish the thought. My friends, when we think about the church and the mission of the church, many times people will talk about the Great Commission. Have you heard that term? Have you heard that phrase? The Great Commission? Most people, when they think about what the church is all about, that's the only thing that will come out of their mouth. We must be about the Great Commission. We must do it for the church to exist or grow. The Great Commission is kind of a, a code word or slang word for the end of Matthew's Gospel. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission. Go. Do. Sometimes the Gospel of Mark and its ending is referred to as a Great Commission text. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Whoever believeth not shall be damned. It's even quoted in our small catechism. Each of the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels in their ending, has a type or a form of the Great Commission, if we want to use that term. And by far the best one, because it helps us keep things straight, are the words from our text right here in Luke chapter 24. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. 
the law, the prophets, the Psalms, code word for the entire Old Testament. The Old Testament, the scriptures, Jesus says, are about me. They testify of me. The reason I came is so that God's word would be fulfilled in me. Then we have this curious sentence in verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. What did he do? Did he get a can opener? Did he get a two by four? What did he do to get their attention so that they would believe? How did he open their minds so that they could understand the scriptures? My friends, it is so simple and so profound. We often miss it. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures by speaking the Bible, speaking the word of God, speaking the scriptures to them. This is how Jesus opened the mind of the dumbfounded disciples. This is how God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit opens our minds as well so that we can believe. He does it by the power of the Word. Of course, the Word made flesh, Jesus, crucified, risen, and ascended. But here, specifically, the words of Scripture. What did He say? Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. The person and work of Jesus. He is the Christ. Jesus, the God-man, true God, begotten of the Father from all eternity, true man, born of the Virgin Mary. This is the Christ. He came into this world to suffer and die and rise from the dead to pay once and for all for the sin of the world. All sin. For all people. For all time. Sounds grand, grandiose even. Think of it this way. If Jesus paid for all sin, for all people, for all time, that means he paid for your sin. For your sin. There is no sin so big, so deep, so dark that Jesus did not shed his blood for. There is no sin so small, so tiny, so seemingly insignificant that Jesus didn't suffer great drops of blood on your behalf. Jesus came to conquer sin, death, and the devil. And that's exactly what he did. He did it through his perfect life, fulfilling God's holy law. He did it through his Good Friday sacrificial death, taking our place, being our substitute, dying our death. He did it with his Easter Sunday resurrection. Not even the grave could hold Jesus. 
And then, after 40 days of giving convincing proof that he wasn't a ghost, he wasn't a mirage, he wasn't some ethereal being, that he was really bodily, physically raised from the dead, Jesus gathers his disciples and ascends to the right hand of the Father. Not a position of geography, but a position of power. And he's about to explain that power to the disciples and to us. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. My friends, you want to know what the mission of the church is? It's not to help you balance your budget. Although, as a good steward of God gifts, that's probably not a bad idea. It's not to help you get your favorite politician elected. We live in two kingdoms, and God's word is very, very clear about that. The mission of the church is not to help you lose weight. Although being a good steward of your body is probably a really good God-pleasing thing as well. There are so many things in this world that are passed off as the mission of the church. And most of them have nothing to do with church and certainly have misunderstood the word mission. The great commission is turned into the great obligation and if you don't do your part, people will go to hell. How can you sleep at night? My friends, all of us have at times perhaps gotten things out of perspective with regard to why the church exists. Jesus is clear. The church exists so that law and gospel, repentance and the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed to the whole world. This is why the church exists. So that you would hear law and gospel. So that you would know that your sins are a grievous offense to God. So that you would be knocked down a peg or two, or driven to your knees by the reality of our sinfulness and unholiness and by the power of the gospel be raised up. Raised up to life. Raised up through the forgiveness of sins. The life-changing, life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why the church exists. That we would hear it and believe it. And that through the church, this word would go out to the four corners of the world. My friends, it sounds so simple. And it is. It sounds so easy, 
but it's not. We think that we can live our lives independently, far too often, from God's Word and from His holy gifts. Far too often, we forget the promises of God. Or when the Word of God hits a little bit too close to our pet sins, we ignore it. We lash out against it. We blame God for our troubles. We'll throw a few dollars in the mission offering and then fail to talk to our spouse or our kids or our family members about the importance of being in God's house and hearing God's word. My friends, Jesus' words are clear. Behold, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. What kind of power is he talking about? Economic power? Political power? Ecclesiastical power? No. My friends, the same word that opened the minds of the disciples is the power that God gives us in our lives and the reason why the church exists. My friends, for all of the times when we have thought that the church should be about this or be about that or be about anything other than the pure word of God preached and received for all of the times when we have avoided the church when the word of God in its truth and purity exposed our sin. For all of the times when we have sought after a different or what we thought was a better gospel than the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus, my friends, today and always, this gospel message is for you. Jesus Christ, perfect life, obedient death, Glorious resurrection pays for your sin once and for all. You have been robed with the death and resurrection of Jesus in holy baptism. You have been given new life and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Your minds have been opened so that you can understand that the scriptures are about Jesus. And the message of Jesus is the forgiveness of sins. Oh, by the way, today is our celebration of the Ascension. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. 
the disciples witnessed the bodily, physical ascension of Jesus. In our earlier reading, the disciples stood sky-gazing, wondering what this meant. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who you saw ascend into heaven will descend. My friends, we anxiously await the second coming of Christ. We live in the time of the church, that time in between Christ's ascension into heaven and when he returns in power and might and glory, when all the dead will be raised. My friends, in the meantime, Jesus is not absent. Wherever his word is proclaimed in its truth and purity, there Jesus is. Wherever the gifts of God are administered according to the command and promise of God, there he is. Wherever two or more are gathered in his name, there he is. Jesus, who has ascended to the right hand of the Father, fills all things with his power with his powerful word, with his powerful word that saves you. What did the disciples do? They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. What should we do according to the mission of the church? Yes, the word is to go out in its truth and purity. Law and gospel are to be proclaimed to the four corners of the world. But what do I do? What do I do as a part of this mission of the church? We follow the example of the disciples. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem. We could say Lincoln or Denton or Hickman or wherever you hang your hat with great joy and were continually in the temple, in God's house, blessing God. My friends, may the mission of the church that God clearly describes for us in Luke 24 be our mission until Christ returns. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our mission. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.